This is Infection, a survival podcast recorded live on Tuesday, December the 20th, 2022, episode 414. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome into another edition of Infection, the survival podcast. Infection is your weekly source for the latest news in and around the video game industry with a little bit of common sense political twist turned in here and there as well. My name is Nick Craig. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Nicholas M. Craig. You can follow us on Twitter at InfectionCast or check out my website, nickcraig.com and download the Wilmington's Morning News podcast. You can also visit our website at infectionpodcast.com. Joining me as he does each and every week from the uh, great state of Idaho, Brian with an I. Aldridge, hey Brian, how's it going? I'm doing very well. Got a little. Uh, our our baby is sick at home right now, so hmm. that's uh, that's something. Hopefully, he's going to be recovered. He's got the RSV. You know, I've never heard of RSV before this year. Neither had I. Now. Yeah. So now that's the thing. But it's we went just and a, uh, got him tested a couple days ago. Isn't it? Is it? Of, isn't it just isn't it from what i'm saying it's just a variation of like a, a flu right yeah, like something like that it is a virus log. i know yeah yeah hmm. new so, diseases so we'll see magically yeah <laughs> so he's got a kind of a raspy voice and everything Ooh, uh, i like that we'll probably Maybe. be staying home for christmas yeah he'll be he'll be talking like this before i was gonna say go. it's alex jones doing <laughs> doing a little a little, little programming <laughs> but yeah so, so we'll see how he is but we might end up having to stay home and not visit family uh, for Christmas, just because we don't want to pass that along to uh, my my older dad and other families. So, but if you uh, yeah, if you want to find me, and get me at Boise Computer on Twitter or at Brian Aldridge on Gab, Parlor, Gutter, Truth Social, and whatever ones pop up and and go away in the near future. Uh, of course, if you want to check out my blog, biteoftech.com and as Nick said, go to check out our website, go to infectionpodcast.com. And if you go to the upper right-hand side, you can join our server on Discord, which is the perfect place if you need to get a hold of us. Maybe you need to get a link to us that you think would be relevant for the show. Just toss it in the news channel. Or if you want to play some of our 11 ARC servers that we currently have running, or Conan server, we have that going as well. have some uh, activity going on that one. So if you're interested in either one of those games, jump into our Discord server, and we'll have links of how to connect to each of those servers uh, so maybe over the Christmas holiday, you have an opportunity to play some games and do it in an environment where you get a little bit of a rapid leveling, which helps out a lot if you don't have a lot of time to game, especially with those ones. If you want to watch the live show, you can do that through Twitch or YouTube. Or if you go to the lower right-hand side of the website, we've got all our podcast forms, which once the show is done, we upload the audio form of the show to the one of those links. And it, it's a great way that if, uh, if you don't, don't have a lot of bandwidth or maybe you want to listen on the go or at work, uh, those are the perfect ways to do it. And if you are going to do that, that means that our show notes for that episode have been uploaded to the website as well. And it's kind of the perfect companion to uh, to listening. There's an audio and video play in there. But you can also click the video links. Maybe there's a YouTube video or something we played during the live show that you wanted to see and you only had the opportunity to hear it. Uh, jump into our show notes and you can check the source material, all the links for videos, everything that kind of uh, accompanies the show that we refer to throughout uh, is right there on that page. Makes it really easy. If you want to support this show, you can do that through the support menu up top or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. 
Yes, sir. Appreciate everybody uh, he- he- hitting us up with the uh, support and continued support as we approach uh, mm-hmm. Christmas here in uh, looking at my trusty calendar. Five whole days, Brian, or four, depending on how you yes. you do your uh, do your math. Um, I think it's or what uh, part think, of the world you're in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what part of the world you're in as well. Um, Brian, I think we need to start off with a uh, huge story in the video game industry, not just because yeah. of the things that we follow, but literally a monumental story surrounding epic Mm -hmm. and the federal trade commission they have been hit with a half a billion dollar fine and they agreed to this half a billion dollar fine over uh, what they what the ftc the federal government calls Fortnite's failure to quote protect children's privacy so taking a look at the details in the article here the uh, u.s federal trade commission has uh, agreed to this $520 million fine for Epic and Fortnite. Um, They claim that the company violated the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, or the COPPA, and used what they call dark patterns, which, Brian, you're, uh, you were, you were, well, let's see, you were in the tech space for years, then you were doing some video game development, now you're in kind of the programming side of it. Have you ever heard of dark patterns before? Were you aware of that term before this? Because I'd never heard no, of it. No, I mean, I, I've not heard this term. I understand. Yeah. I kind of understood the concept. the concept of what they were talking about, but I, I didn't realize that there was a, a whole page you know, dedicated to it on Wikipedia. Uh, yeah. And it does make sense. I, I always figured it was just bad design, uh, you know, not, not malicious planning. And uh, one thing is, they have a number of examples in here, but I, I put a link to the Wikipedia just to kind of give an, a people an idea of what this really means. And a lot of this is things that they do intentionally to either trick or pressure you into doing something you probably didn't intend to do, right? Um, and so they have examples of patterns like privacy zuckering, which has to do with like Mark Zuckerberg's meta with your in Facebook and tricking users into sharing more information than they intend to the bait and switch, which is one that is you hear from. That's not a new term. No. Uh, confirm shaming, uh, driving people <laughs> to, to act, uh, you know, which we see a lot whether through a newsletter, you know, just shaming people into accepting misdirection, which uh, a lot of times you'll see kind of spammy links doing these, these type of things. Roach motel, which I hadn't, heard of uh, a trammeled net design provides an easier straightforward path to get in but a difficult path to get out so like once you get in there it, yeah, well, they make it hard to get out of it this is the old adage of why people are afraid to sign up for 60 or 30 day free trials because you yeah sign up for the free canceling trial is a pain it's a huge pain in the ass and sometimes nearly impossible yeah. and it's like oh you have to cancel within 30 seconds of agreeing to this, you have to cancel the auto-renew for your six-month subscription. It's just so... Yeah, uh, yeah I, I was not aware of the term dark pattern, but uh, obviously, your bait-and-switch is the most uh, most relevant, uh, at least common-sense term for this. So there's two different settlements that le- add up to this yeah. $520 million, half a, over half a billion. Epic will pay $270 million for in penalties for violating the uh, pri- the Child Privacy Protection Act, that's going to be paid to the FTC, to the federal government. So nice little payday there for somebody at the FTC, $275 million. Yeah. 
The second part of it, $245 million, and this is kind of the undercurrent story that I don't think is getting as much play. It's yeah. not in the headline at PC Gamer, which I was surprised to see, is that in this $245 million uh, second part of it, they have to refund consumers. Those that yeah. claim, and I guess we'll, and how this process is going to work is going to be g- good luck. Um, there, anybody that is w- fell into Fortnite's quote quote dark patterns and billing practices, uh, will have the opportunity to receive some sort of refund. Um, and it's noted here that this is the largest yeah. amount that the FTC has ever obtained in a video game matter. So this is a massive massive amount of money who is eligible for this how this works i don't know that's but the thing the, how do you prove that because i've first as i've felt i've fallen where in fortnite i've accidentally because of the way their menus work purchased something i didn't intend to purchase and that's really yeah, what this comes down to is is they made it to where i've spent it's not like i'm spending money but i've had v bucks go zoop, gone for some stupid thing that I didn't intend to because of how they made their menu system. And that's what they're really making this is they had it to where if you miss or if you hold down certain keys together or in loading screens, you're pressing certain keys and then it's purchasing things on the way out. Um, you know, it, it's just, these are the kind of things that they're talking about where I know it's happened to me. I didn't make a big deal of it. Cause you know, okay. A couple hundred V bucks. Did, no, I didn't mean to buy that. Whoops. It's now in my, you're, you're a well-to-do wealthy you're a wealthy man, Brian. Right, a couple hundred V bucks is no, is no problem. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't too worried about it. But you know, for for these kids, uh, I can understand how when you give your child, like I will give them, okay, you have two thousand V bucks. You can afford to purchase, you know, your your Fortnite pass or whatever it is. And if they click something that then doesn't allow them to purchase the thing that they're supposed to go purchase. You know, then the, then the kid's going to be falling apart. <laughs> and Or I'm going to have to pitch out more money out of my pocket to make it so that they can buy the thing they intended to purchase. And I'll be looking at him saying, yeah, right, you didn't mean to do that. <laughs> you know, I know you clicked that on purpose, and then you ground him for a couple weeks, and then, you know, that's how yeah, this all goes. Go. Um, so there's a lot in here. Um, you know, Epic released a statement in regards to this saying, no developer creates a game with the intention of ending up here. Um, saying that uh, written decades ago that don't specify how gaming ecosystems should operate. The laws have not changed, but their application has evolved and longstanding industry practices are no longer enough. Epic, uh, they, they continue to go on to talk about some of the things that they do, including their hold to buy system so that users don't accidentally click something. Um, so their claim is why not, why not confirm the, everything on a purchase, right? Why not make well, it to where because if you click, I want to buy this, have something pop up that then you have to hold down for three seconds saying, okay, I did it. That's a confirmation. No, because I don't think they're interested in that. Uh, and on, and, and, well, and yeah. uh, they're, they're not. And, and uh, cause you, that's what you would do. Like, for example, I bought i I'm getting ready to travel. So I, uh, turned on my Nintendo switch for the first time in probably six months and uh, mm-hmm. I saw I because I saw, but this is how this is how stupid I am. So I haven't used my Switch in months, and I see on Slick Deals that there's a bunch of Nintendo games on sale. So I'm like, oh, perfect. Let me go spend some money on a platform I won't use. Nevertheless, I bought Final Fantasy VII, um, which okay. was on sale for like eight bucks, and I had to go through the Nintendo store to do it. And I turns out I already had a, a card on file. I must have purchased something in the past. So I had to go to the Nintendo store, find the Probably game, Zelda, click, right? 
I know because I have the physical copies. I don't know how I, how they uh, had my okay. card. I had to have used. I I bought something at some point. Um, so I had to um, I'd buy it. I had to click that I wanted to buy it. Then I had to verify my payment information. It just showed the last four digits and was zip code. Then I had to confirm the purchase. So it was like three or four steps. Um, yep. I guess the way that Epic probably skirts around this, and they do say that if you're doing if you're buying V Bucks using your credit card. There is a confirmation the, screen. There's steps. Yeah, that's that's a pain. That's a pain to do sometimes. And you're going through Xboxes, for instance, Correct. payment service. Uh, yes. And so you have to go through all the steps there. But once you have the V bucks in your account, they make it overly easy to purchase something. And here's the thing: I don't think they're alone in this. I'm not saying they should get a free pass or that it's okay because others do it. Um, but I've, this is, as Epic says, you know, this is. This is kind of how the gaming industry currently goes, and this is how the ecosystem operates. It's the same thing in many other games as well. In terms of the um, child privacy, they note that, quote, developers who create a teen-rated or mature-rated game can no longer assume that it won't be deemed to be directed to children, according to the United States Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. That is, Fortnite is rated teen and was aimed at an older audience, but it... But it yeah. But the one it found was younger than expected. So they're one, you know, kind of what they're saying there is, hey, you know, we went through ESRB, we got our game rated, um, and online yeah. play is never rated. That's always part of it. Online rate, uh, online gaming is always uh, uh, NR, um, or yeah. most times it's NR, uh, or just doesn't have anything at all. So that is um, that's kind of their their claim for that. Um, they, they talk about their cabined accounts which you talked about last week uh, or a couple weeks ago and things that you can do there um you know sweeney put a pretty lengthy kind of thread and, and a whole bunch of tweets on twitter saying quote epic signed a settlement with the ftc covering their concerns with fortnite item shop features refunds and parental um permissions here here's details on what how we've been involving fortnite since 2017 as well as a thought all game developers should consider. So, uh, and linking to their statement saying developers should dig into this topic as this settlement reflects on the state of state of the art American regulatory practices. For example, now applying principles similar to UK's age appropriate design code to voice chat defaults. In app purchasing is also a hot topic with rigorous expectations of affirmative express consent for purchases made both in real money and paid virtual currency. So there's a, you know, as you can imagine, your Tim Sweeney's probably pretty pissed. I mean, he's got to, they're going to have to shell out you know, half a billion dollars here, which is, you know, let's, Fortnite makes a good amount of money, right? They make billions of, of dollars, but they're not Microsoft or Apple where they're making tens of hundreds of billions of dollars a year. They're yeah. making a couple bill. They're doing very well. I'm not taking anything of that away. But half a billion dollars is a lot of money for a huge amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yep. is it going to sink the company? No. Um, is it going to end the game? No. But for them, you know, you're talking about a game that makes about three and a half to four billion dollars a year in profit. That's a significant amount of money. Yep. So now I, I guess. Think, go ahead. And that's right. I think with this, it's, it's going to and I guess the goal is to enact them to change. Yes. There, there will be definite changes to the way that things work in Epic, Epic or in Fortnite. Fortnite is one of the leading 
trendsetters, I would say, for video games. Usually, when they, the way they do something, other games replicate and imitate. And so I think that this will... Not that I like the fact that the FTC is, is charging like this, but sometimes to get a company to take something seriously, this is what they're doing. And I personally don't... I would make... I prefer making it harder to to purchase something and make you know make some standards since there are no standards in the video game industry of how transactions are so supposed to go so you don't do accidental ones uh you know show them use the examples of some of the other ones i I don't like i think nintendo goes overboard as you say you know we're talking about earlier They, they go a little bit too far to where it's kind of a pain to purchase anything through some of the stores but make it to where at least there's a simple confirmation because that's one thing that Fortnite has done in the past is kind of simplified. I mean, before, think of how Battle Royale is before Fortnite. It was PC-based, uh, ASWD keys. You couldn't possibly think of doing some of these things with with a controller and having it play seamlessly and quick like it does. Right? They came in and simplified the whole game down to something where you can play with a controller and you're competing with people that are playing with, with X, uh, mouse and keyboard. Do the same thing with the payment system. Simplify it down to where there's not going to be the mistakes. If someone purchases something, they can't really contest it because you gave them plenty of opportunity to back out up to that point, but don't overcomplicate it. Just put a little bit of thought into it. And I think that we'll all be happy with the result because, you know, for me, I don't want it to where my kids are are click, because especially with our seven-year-old clicking around in Fortnite, you know, he's liable to purchase anything. You know, she's like, well, I didn't mean to buy that. Yeah, right. You know, I've had this conversation with, yeah, right. You didn't mean to buy that. You were sitting there staring at it, you know, and, and now it's in your inventory. <laughs> uh, you know, who knows whether or not oh, he intended to, because he'll just sit there and click around like crazy. It's terrible. So, How did this happen? I don't understand. Yeah, I, don't I need understand. to, I need to have steps to where I can say, Hey, look, and I can pull up the video because we have cameras in our house. Here's you clicking this menu option. Here's you clicking this menu option and holding the button down for three seconds. And you're telling me you didn't mean to purchase it. Well, right now it's like I was on the page and I hit this button and uh, now it's in my inventory. I don't have my V-Bucks, dad. I need more. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess. uh, So I I think there's a couple of things to take away from this. Uh, One is um, maybe a bit of a warning call to other games, because again, Mm -hmm. Epic and Fortnite are not alone in these practices, specifically Mobile gaming is, I think, where this is a bigger problem because that's where I yeah very predatory there is um is that now it's a little bit better on iOS because those payments have to go through the App Store and Apple will require a confirmation, but that's only if you're paying with um physical currency. If if once you've bought a digital any kind of in-game currency, yeah, then then those things are just completely out the window and it's just complete it's just complete Mad Max style. Um, so that's what I think is going to be interesting here to see is what do these other developers that know damn well, they're doing the same thing. Do they maybe, yeah. uh, you know, quietly release their new updates and, uh, put some, uh, put some changes in there so that they don't find themselves in this. It seems like to me, Epic is being kind of made out to be the, the martyr here. And th- I mean, that's fine. They can afford to do it. And they, pr- they've led the charge on a lot of it. Um, but overall, I think this is probably a good thing for the industry as a whole. Well, and this is something even just in, in like a mobile game raid shadow legends, you know, I've mentioned that I played that before, mm-hmm. but they have something, they, you know, they have it to where you can buy these gems. Now you can earn them in game slowly through various means, but 
there's there's screens to where I've accidentally bumped my phone and it sit there and purchased a worthless, you know, uh, refresh this, I you know, refresh this timer, refresh the store listing. I don't need to refresh the store listing 10 times. Uh, you know, and, but because the something touched it and it just spent a ton of gems. That's the kind of stuff that, you know, I feel like they do that on purpose and make it to where, or if you hand, you know, somebody, a kid gets a hold of your phone, he can clear out your whole, you know, the, and people can spend 30, 40, $50 on those gems just to get packs of them. Uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff I look at where, okay, if you're going to do it, put up a confirmation box so that me bumping my phone at the wrong time, cause I grabbed it while the game was open and I, you know, I grabbed it with my hands and then all of a sudden it's just repeat purchasing because my fingers held down on it. Who does that? You know, there's a, no a reason for doing it. And that's kind of, that's that predatory. predatory type of behavior. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm sure there okay, will be, we, I'm sure there'll be a lot more on this and I'd be very, I'm very curious to see how um, they handle this uh, uh, payback or refund. If it's going to be like a, uh, you know, a, uh, some sort of uh, class action or, or how that's going to work. If there's an application process, what a mess that's going to be for paperwork yeah. wise for, for people at Epic, but play stupid games, uh, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, Brian. Yep. <laughs> well, and hopefully they learn from it. Um, so another thing from Epic is they are delisting most of their unreal games. Uh, you know, for instance, the unreal, uh, the original unreal games, you know, kind of what the ba engine is based off of. Uh, but except for Unreal Terminate 3, they're going to be making free. But a lot of those older games, they're going to be uh, delisting. Now, they're going to be playable still, but a lot of them. But some of the online services that were provided, because they're going to be switching off the out-of-date online services and servers for some of these older games, like Rock Band, those Unreal games. And they're moving to this new Epic Online services that, that Fortnite uses. Now, this is something we talked about as a, a service that they're providing to a lot of other engines and games that people can incorporate the the friends lists and all of this that they've made but some of the ones that are using all the old services they're going to be uh, shutting down and it, it will impact probably the multiplayer some of the multiplayer features and things like that where you can still play local multiplayer offline or solo in those I'll games. tell you this it's amazing that they still had the multiplayer online for Unreal Tournament 2003. I mean, yeah. that is, I don't think you will find many games that still are providing yeah, going. first party multiplayer. Now, there's plenty of games that have uh, now self-hosted and community run yeah. servers, but I don't know if I don't know if you can find many games or if any other games that have had their servers online from their providers since 2003. Yeah. That's remarkable. They should be commended for that. You're talking about 20 yeah, so, years of on, keeping an online service up for a game. That's remarkable. Well, and, yeah, and the only reason that it's going those ways is because they're, they're stopping using that whole system altogether. Yeah. And going well, something new. And uh, imagine them trying to code in this new technology into such old software. You know, I, There's probably a lot of people that would be unwilling to update their software to the new version of these games, and so then they would be locked out anyway. Yeah. So they did talk. They are. They as you mentioned, they are going to be bringing back Unreal Tournament 3's multiplayer through their new Epic yeah. Online services. Not sure when that's going to be. And even though that game, though, that game's old. That game has been out since 2007. So the fact that they're yeah. looking at bringing that back is again just goes to show you they're obviously committed to this stuff. Because 
you're talking a game at that point. They have no commitment and responsibility to keep that online. At least from from my vantage yeah. point, they don't. Nobody else does. Why why are they any different? Well, and here's here's something interesting. It says download. Um, now this is talking about the Unreal Tournament Three Steam page was updated earlier today with a new game, new name, description, and functionality. It says download and launch from where you want to play, uh, where you want play with who you want. The Steam page now says Unreal Tournament X supports crossplay between all PC players, whether they're logged into their Steam Epic Store or GOG accounts. No microtransactions and no strings attached. This is a fully featured award-winning first-person shooter you fell in love with, completely free. So, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so they're they're still having that. Uh, mm. they'll still have that go on. Interesting. Somehow, cool. <laughs> pretty cool. Well, there you go. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yes, congratulations. When is um? All right. Uh, was there a date on this when they're doing this? Well, it's, I think it's 2023 is what I saw is when it's fully. So January 24th, 2023. So okay. next month, just over a month from now. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, be advised. Yeah, so be prepared. All right. Um, uh, do you care where we go after this? Yeah. Um, I would like to talk about this um, Marvel Avengers spokesperson. Uh, I'm not sure yes. that many people saw about this, but of course, Brian, the uh, crackpot journalists over at Kotaku were on the case. Anytime, <laughs> anytime that they can uh, get in there and try and ruin somebody's life, they will be the first. Uh, they'll be the first knocking at the door. Um, Marvel Avengers spokesperson has been removed after offensive tweets were unearthed. This story has been out a couple of weeks, um, and the guy who was apparently doing—I I guess he was kind of like a community manager—is might be one of uh, might be the term to kind of use for him. His name is Brian Wagoner, and um, of course, in typical leftist fashion, somebody went digging through his old Twitter account. And or t- yeah. old Twitter accounts and found some really salacious tweets, Brian, which I'd like to read to the audience just to show you how crazy these yeah. tweets are. And now circa, I'll remind you, this is circa 2011 through about 2014. Quote, yeah. I am not a woman hater, a misogynist or a bigot, but I really don't like the idea of a female Thor. I love strong woman characters, but not this. Not sure how that's controversial at all. Controversial. Literally saying I'm not a woman hater, misogynist or a bigot. But in the minds of those people, you are. Um, it's days like today. This is December 20th. Uh, literally this day uh, back in 2013, nearly 10 years no. ago, saying, quote, it's days like today when I'm reminded how my Twitter feed is full of leftist bigots trying to make straw man arguments about right wingers. That's accurate. It's been the same thing since yeah. December 2013. Nothing's changed. Um, and he goes on to talk about censorship um, makes a couple of uh, Twitter jokes in 2014 about how he's not racist because he owns a color TV. Um, you know, says be there or be homo. Uh, you know, just again, edgy internet, jo- not even edgy internet jokes, just internet jokes of the era, 2011 through 2013. Um, and well, this here, is listen to this, this bridge too far. You know, I am, I am also getting super tired of being called racist whenever the subject of border security comes up as a default label. Okay, <laughs> that's true. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, I, I think that everything he's saying is just because he's not saying. Because imagine all the things we read from game developers that were currently working on a game ab- about uh, our president at the time, about our politics. We were we read all kinds of ridiculous things 
um, saying that we were you know, calling us people that think like us all kinds of names, and these and there was no issues from their HR departments, you know, because it was their opinions. You know, we could choose whether or not we followed. Some of them I just unfollowed because I didn't feel like hearing about politics more than about the game that they were supposedly developing or you know being a, a spokesperson for. Excuse me. Um, Sorry, uh, I was I was, I was no, making sure it wasn't no, me. No, that was that was on my <laughs> end. Um, this okay. guy, he, his cardinal sin is that he didn't is that he apologized. You never can apologize to these individuals or to these groups. Never. Yeah. It, it never. It 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 works. You, you know how many times it works, Brian? Zero percent of never. the time. Never. <laughs> yeah. So he puts out this tweet over over the weekend. Old tweets I wrote before my time at Crystal resurfaced, and I apologize. And take full accountability for the hurt they caused my followers. Just just a bunch of blabbering bullshit. And then uh, Crystal Dynamics says, quote, this is the company he works for. Putting this out on yeah. Twitter, I'll mind you. The company he works for. It's incredibly disappointing to see language and views from employees that don't align with our studio values. We apologize to our community and coworkers who are rightfully upset by the content. Brian will no longer be a studio spokesperson or communicating about studio projects. So, so offensive saying about how he thinks a female Thor sucks and how leftist bigots make straw man arguments about right wingers and how he called somebody a homo on Twitter. Well, yeah, he said, uh, you know, I love my trainer, no homo. That's the kind of stuff jokes he was making. Yeah, yeah, mid early two thousands jokes that have that were in. But that was the thing. You know those are I, the jokes that time people were like, "Oh yeah, no homo." It was you just common. You know what's so funny about this is the moral high ground that groups like Crystal Dynamic. I don't even know what the hell these people do. Um, besides make Tomb Raider and Marvel games that I'm sure nobody plays, is the moral high ground, Brian. Of oh my god, we are just. We're so deeply offended by these comments. It is the it's typical yep. response of throwing stones from a glass house. And that's exactly what these people do. It's exactly what they do. The idea that anything is the, the idea that any of these comments were so outlandish, so unbelievable and so offensive is just horseshit. I mean, it's just yeah. plain and simple. None of these things are, these don't even, Brian, I'm not a fan of cancel culture. Sometimes, while I don't agree with it, you can at least understand it from a company standpoint. Yeah. And then there's situations like this one and the situation with Tripwire Interactive where it just doesn't make any damn sense. There's yeah. no semblance of logic in the statements. If the guy was out on Twitter saying he wanted to kill you know, people and wanted them to die and all these terrible things. All right, maybe, maybe. But saying that he yeah. doesn't like a female female protagonist in a movie, and now he needs to lose his whole. Uh, you know, he, now oh my God, we're just we apologize to our community and coworkers. Why for tweets that he wrote back in two thousand and eleven, eleven years ago? Yeah. Hop off your high yeah. horse. This this I continue to stay by Brian. This stuff will come to an end. This only yep. goes in one path. This ricochets back in the other direction at breakneck speeds because this shit only can go on for so long. You can only continue down this path for so long. Well, and one, now one thing I do want to point out is I, the, the, the person who wrote the Kotaku article does 
kind of call it out a little bit. About, what? About, you know, towards the to the end of the article, saying, uh, you know, he, he saying that these were, you know, they were not great comments, um, ignored at the time. But you know, and the, but they say it's nonsense. The the response from Crystal is kind of nonsense. You know, and they defend him a little bit. Say people say and do stupid things, hold awful views, make nasty jokes. He says, I, I know because I do. We all do. He kind of almost defends him to a point and just says, I wow. wish, you know, he would have just come out and said, you know, I was being stupid. Uh, didn't really think about what I was saying, uh, you know, and and move like treat it like that. <laughs> I, I just feel like they're not quite 100 percent saying, you know, it, it, people shouldn't be gotta uh, find this gone after about this. But John he is Walker. saying that the response was a little overboard. Like, just have the guy say, you know what, I said stuff that I just, you know, was kind of stupid. It, you know, wasn't, it wasn't thoughtful or whatever. And then moved on from there. Don't pull his position. Don't, you know, let, these things are 10 years old. And I think what the left is scared of, here's my issue with it. Today, well, up until recently on Twitter, you could say all kinds of things and your side would be the one defended. People would look at you and say, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. But you know what? Tomorrow, you don't always know that that's going to be the case. And so these people who have been in the place with the pitchforks and saying, you can't say that, you can't say this, need to be really careful because these things do switch around sometimes. And how you treat the others, uh, you, you know, think about, well, do I want them treating me like that someday? Do I want it to wear when my view is maybe frowned upon? Because look at how some of the things with the trans activists and, and groomers and all this are kind of turning a little bit, where before it's like you weren't allowed to say a word because that was you know hateful. But then some of the crowd is starting to wake up because of how many bounds they've overstepped, right? Well, at what point then are any of the things that they're going to, they're doing currently going to be things that are despicable again, right? As far as having kids go to drag shows and, and touch fake penises and things like this on stage, like, or, or fake boobs, or, you know, all these things are simulated craziness. Um, that's the kind of stuff that there will be a point where they'll go through your tweets and saying, yeah, I support this. I like that. That's great. Uh, okay. You're going to be losing your job someday for that. Once the, the allowed view changes to these corporations and do you want that to happen or say, Hey, at the time I got caught up on what was happening. Uh, now that I look at it, I don't think that's a great thing. Uh, I'm sorry, and move on from that. But you're, if you set the precedent and says, well, you have to be delisted, you have to be totally you know, taken off of Twitter, you have to lose your job, you can't have any kind of a job, again, that anyone knows about, Like that automatic response is going to hurt them in the end because there's going to be a change at some point to where you'll be the enemy. And, and you know, don't, don't be scared of how they're going to treat you if, if, if it's going to be the same as what you treated others there's there's a couple of things there and i couldn't agree more with your statements um eventually it because again you continue you start down this path that only progressively gets worse um yeah. eventually now everybody will be unemployable because if these comments yeah. make him unemployable brian then i don't believe i'm ever capable of holding a job for the rest of my life i mean if those statements yeah. from him are the most outlandish things that are going to cost him his he job said his online career, yeah that they could I, find i, I I might as well I might as well suck start a shotgun because my life's over. I mean, there, the, and that's the thing with this is th this. So now, if we follow this trend, you're gonna make you make have now made an entire generation of people unemployable. 
presumably. Because again, if you're going to follow this and follow it fairly, then ev- then everybody who's had any sort of not even edgy tweets, none of half of these aren't even edgy. They're just his opinion that the left is a bunch of you know bigoted whatevers that make straw man arguments. That's not a controversial statement. It's, it's, it's not even yeah. it's not even talking. It's just calling out what it is, saying he doesn't like yeah. a. The, the a female th- how he thinks a female Thor would be stupid how is that controversial it's, it's opinion Who cares yeah it's opinion but and but it's, it's so it's like but it's not even and it's not even a crazy opinion it's not a, even an outlandish opinion I can understand somebody yeah. having an outlandish opinion but when you don't so first of all obviously somebody and it's always left wing activist groups d- were digging through these guys tweets from 2011 because you don't just yeah. stumble upon this guy's tweets from a decade ago. So obviously somebody's either put up to this or this is one of these gaming unions or one of these so-called journalists that is uh you know yeah. de- destroying people's lives for the greater good so they can virtue signal how how much of a fantastic progressive that they are. Um this stuff is just sick. I mean it's just really yeah. honest to god sick. Well, and that's the thing is I you know I kind of want to point out the last paragraph of this article because he said, you know, Let's not forget us, the brain gallery. He hasn't been fired, you know, as in quotes. He says, we don't have a clue if he deserves to be fired or if he's a champion for good these days. Um, so, you know, they're saying, stop pretend like we care if this person you've never heard of work, uh, heard of before today uh, is something they did a decade ago that you didn't notice gets to keep his job. And he, and he ends it with, you know, we don't know what's best in every situation. Uh, you know, if he's bad to work with, then Crystal should fire him. But, you know, it's not our point to say whether or not he should be fired for something, you know, because you don't know, you know, it's, it, there, and that's where, I, that's where I was most surprised about this article because it's very opposite of what you see from Kotaku sometimes. And maybe they're trying to pull back a little bit. It could be just this it's particular just person yeah, has a little bit of, uh, a, you know, a, a straightforward and, and ability to see reality for what it is uh, because, if you're willing to push push everybody else into the firing squad, right? Uh, well, just what about when you're the last person in front and the next one's you? Is kind of the mentality I look at. Yes. Uh, and this guy's kind of looking at it. Well, you know, this this could be me. Is what I kind of get out of this. He's like, we've done this. We've all done this. So, like, what do you guys uh, quit saying he needs to lose his job because someday that'll be you losing your job for something stupid. Yeah, and then 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 there'll be the moral outrage. Oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. Oh, it's so terrible. You know, because yeah. that's how the left always uh, how the left always operates. Um, Falcon is in the chat saying, "Where is the com- comedy industry now? You can't make fun of anything yeah. anymore. Uh, it's almost non-existent, Falcon. Unless you are somebody like Dave Chappelle, and even him, you know, but he's popular enough to kind of." Uh, uh, curb off or, or push off the tide of people trying to cancel him unless you're literally like Dave Chappelle or one of these other other big guys you're nothing like Josh Denny's a great example of a guy who was on Food Network uh, it was mainstream and now all of a sudden he's being deemed as a crazy radical right wing comedy guy because he just makes edgy jokes because that's what comedy is comedy is supposed to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable and now he is you know he's now being deemed a Nazi in some circles for uh, making jokes that are funny and I want to point out something about uh, Dave Chappelle a lot of people don't know this Uh, do you you know know what his mom does I know know that (laughs) but do you know what his mom does no no idea so she works at a university uh, in African-American studies 
Oh, right. Um, and if you look at what he does, I think personally what he has done for a long time, uh, especially with the Chappelle show, was kind of put some of those topics in the mainstream. And I, he's, he's, he's very much left, right? Uh, it, 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 but when he comes at it, he doesn't come at it as a crazy left person. Uh, he'll come out at it, or maybe he's going after talking about women. He'll talk about trans people. Uh, and he'll say something that seems really, really crazy. But then he'll say something on the total opposite side that kind of brings you back to the middle, right? That's kind of his style. He'll say something outrageous, and then he'll say something like that's just, a, you know, at the end of the joke that just kind of makes you think the opposite. Uh, and, but, you know, and for him, I think a lot of it is it, he does kind of change the culture and influence what people think. Um, but for him, he has the ability to do that because he, well, he's a minority. Uh, imagine someone who's not a minority going up and trying to do any of the similar style of, of com comedy that he does. Well, would not happen. <laughs> you could not. As Falcon said, it doesn't exist. Yeah. You can't make it. It just he, it doesn't happen. He, he can he can get away with it, but I there's very few people that could ever do anything close Correct. to what he does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. And it, it will it eventually leads to as I mentioned with the um, uh, video game industry, it will just it just leads to its demise. It just it, it will just yeah. it will just be over. The, the, these industries will just collapse because they will have eaten themselves from within. They are a literal cancer of themselves. And eventually, yep. you know, and, and the people that have called it out the whole time will be the ones that are there to, to pick up the, the smoldering rubble when it's all uh, when it's all said and done. So I thought that was pretty, pretty rich. Um, I got another story here, Brian, I want to cover just quickly, kind of in the same vein. Stanford yeah. University, a, a, a institution, one of the uh, biggest and uh, most prestigious higher institutions learning, right? in the United States. Yeah, in institution of higher learning, as they call it. They've released a new list of harmful language um, as part of their plan to, quote, eliminate many forms of harmful language, including words that are racist, violent, and biased, according to their website. It's, the program is called the Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative, or the EHLI program. And now they have added the word American to their mm. list. So the word American... They, that is titled under the section um, Imprecise Language, and they say that the guide advises readers to replace the term American with U.S. citizen. Their justification saying American often refers to people of the United States only, thereby insulating that the United States is the most important country in the Americas, which it is. Um, the packet says, noting that there are 42 other countries between North and South America. So, uh, you should not be using that word anymore. Well, including, uh, yeah, I mean, the issue is Mexico is also part of America. Of course. But they call themselves, know, but, but they don't call, but themselves they call themselves Mexicans. Mexicans. Correct. Because we, we are the United Canadians. States of America. Yeah. Canadian America. I mean, well, they're not really Canadian Americans, but they could be. Uh, they, they call themselves Canadians. Canada, so you've, you've got they, people they, yeah, from they, 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 Brazil who call themselves Canadians, Brazilians. Brazilians. I mean, yeah, it's and we are from the United USA, Chileans, United States of America. It's not Americans. It's re it's really not a not not too much of a stretch. But this is what your uh, this is what your student loan forgiveness, your ten thousand dollars student loan forgiveness, is going to 
pay back the loans to educations of higher learning like this so they can write this bullshit and and uh, jam it down susceptible 18, 19, and 20-year-old uh, college students that are paying sixty-five dollars to $125,000 a year to get an education. So I uh, thought that kind of fit in nice with our last topic of uh, hateful speech and everything that's uh, that's ongoing. Well, and as these lists gets updated, like how were you supposed to know 10 years ago that American was going to be on the list of prohibited words well, and Brian, they going to cancel you tomorrow you, what you wrote 10 should... years ago because you didn't know American was going to be a, a racist word? Well, maybe you should have just not. Maybe you should have looked at your own biases earlier, Brian, and then you would have been able to uh, circumvent these. Maybe if you actually you care, seen it coming. You should have seen it coming. <laughs> but obviously, you don't care yeah. because that's that's exactly yeah. what this is. So uh, we'll have a link to that. It's uh, an, uh, just a completely ridiculous article over at the uh, New York Post. I'll be covering it tomorrow morning on my radio show as well. I'm sure we'll have a a good time with that list yeah, coming that. up. Uh, what else? Uh, what else are we tracking this week, Brian? Ahead of Christmas, well, pretty busy. I'll know before you get into it. This not normally not, yeah. not normally have this much going on right before Christmas. There's a lot lot going on. Uh, so let's talk about some Microsoft news here, really quick, and sure. some things that are going to be coming down the pike, uh, probably in some of the the games coming out soon. Microsoft has filed a patent for displaying personalized ads in video in games, and this is something mm. we we've kind of seen. Uh, we talked about this, I, I think, a number of months ago. Uh, of the possibility of having ads play inside of a video game, maybe on a racing game, you know, changing the ads that are on the, the boards or in a sports game, or having an ad playing up on, on some sort of a screen somewhere. But this is something that they're looking at doing. Uh, you know, of course, it would have to have an, an internet connection sometimes if these are going to be dynamic ads, but provides a... Personalized content for unintrusive online gaming experience is what they're saying this is going to do. Uh, I Personally, I think that this, if because they're kind of going towards trying to make gaming cheaper, similar to how YouTube has all these free videos, uh, you know, that you're paying through by watching ads. Uh, ways to bring down the cost or, you know, one thing that, Let's talk about this. Is they're looking at having possibly a, a, a cheaper ad-supported Xbox Game Pass. Now there was sure. a poll. If you look at the image, I think it's in Spanish, but I did run it through a translator program so you can see what this is actually asking. And there's an image of what this, what you know, it must be over in Spain or something because it's in euros, but it was okay. in Spanish. So. Here's right. what they put. They said, consider these two hypothetical video game subscription options. Subscription to video game, monthly play, price is two, uh, 2.99 euros. Um, one user, uh, so you can choose between console and PC, um, and play the own titles they have six months or more. Um, includes only multiplayer and advertising before departure. Uh, it's download only, so it wouldn't be streamed games. Mm-hmm. Um, or having one for $21.99, five users can use any combination of PC, Xbox, console, mobile, TV, more than 100 games, which is probably the whole Xbox Game Pass. Um, he play, he pays or plays with his, uh, his own titles on the day of launch, which would be allowed this, play your own titles that have six months or more. Uh, so I'm assuming these are not new titles. So the first one, you would have ones that have been out for six months or more for the wording. Um, get the normal discounts, has EA Play. Uh, you can play on your phone through the cloud. Uh, multiplayer, and that one would have no advertising. And you could stream and download. 
So for $2.99 versus $21.99, um, you would pretty much get some of the older titles, no EA Play, um, and it would be a download only, no cloud as far as streaming, and you wouldn't have ac- access to the full library. What, what I would love to see here is something in the middle. So let's call it twenty. Let's call it twenty-five dollars for Game Pass. You know, yeah. Ultimate. Well, I would love to see a ten, eleven, twelve-dollar option. And by the twelve dollars you know, with is, ads. Twelve dollars with ads. Give me the give me the whole uh, give me the whole uh, give me the whole thing and just throw some ads on it. I don't mind having. Yeah. For example, if I'm going to stream a game, I don't mind watching a thirty-second to a sixty-second pre-roll ad. Here's the thing. This is not a wild idea. And if anything, yeah. Microsoft would actually be providing a better service than many of these other streaming platforms where, for example, with Hulu, you pay $9 a month and you still have to watch a plethora of ads. Yeah. Right? It's, the whole thing is still well, it's think, still loaded with ads. Well, and I think they're kind of framing it like this because they just got the patent. But what I would rather see is in the game, seamlessly built into the experience, have the advertising just like with movies and television. Sure. People don't realize it, but if you watch closely and, and look at what you're watching on TV or television, a lot of those advertisers are placing products in there to where you're like, oh, well, everybody uses Jiffy, right? Or everybody uses this detergent, uses this laptop. Yep. Um, you know, you notice they're always using uh, um, you know, a Microsoft uh, tablet or, or you know, a laptop. Well, there's a reason for that. Uh, have it to where your video games make it to where you make video games advanced enough to where they can change. You know, have it to where. And here's I'm, I'm, this is an idea that just came to me. Why not make it when you develop a video game that you can build into it? Here's places that product placement can happen so that branding and things can be placed inside the video game in real time based on what they've inserted, whether it's an object that gets put into it and then that's part of the service to where just like in TV. Just like in movies, product placement can happen, and it's not something that has to be so static and set beforehand. Well, you're describing that's a better idea. You're describing Google Ads on a on a website. You put a Google ad put a Google ad banner, and then when you go to the website, Google Google puts make an it ad seamless in. into the game. Like when yeah, they're drinking yeah. a soda, what soda are they drinking in the video game in the cutscene? That's yeah. the level I'm talking about. Yeah, I, and I think that that is the eventual uh, path. And I think that, you know, the first example is is exactly what Falcon mentions, which is billboards and games. That's a great, yeah, that's easy the easiest way, way to start. right away. And see, yeah, you know, or, see if or there's an interest. any sports game, all the ads yeah. that are along the outside of the arena, up for baseball, up on uh, the boards, whatever that is, sell those things. But you well, know, but that's sold. the thing is the developers going to have to make it to where, just like I'm saying, there is a place for that. That you can then well, inject it into. So there's a couple of problems with that, and I don't disagree with you. That is the future. They already have yeah. that now. Like if you watch it, if you play a, a Madden game or a FIFA game, you'll mm-hmm. see ads and sponsors. But those are one time, or, or uh, you know, those are those are the game is baked in. Those are static ads, so they yeah. don't so they don't update. So then you know you're you're yeah. you as an advertiser make them dynamic. Bill. Yeah. So the question is though, Brian, how do you make them dynamic without an internet connection? Or maybe if you don't have an internet connection, they're just stock and standard, and or they're not even ads. They're just um, uh, what what have you called placeholders? I guess built you know fake ads like Grand Theft Auto would make. And then how do you handle? I mean, I mean if, if they are- want to, whenever you put out an update for the game, you can you can shift out 
Because a lot of these are going to be games that you have the ability to play online. Most of them will have internet yeah. connections. But, but especially for the ones that are being uh, cloud, like there's no excuse not to be able to put them in those. But have it to where when you do a game update, those set of ads get shifted out with the next game update. You know, to where the, the advertising is paying, hey, do you want to be the offline ad provider for this game? That's a heftier fee. If you wanted to where if they don't have access to the internet, your ad always shows. But if they have yeah. access to the internet, yours will be in a, a, a rotation. Uh, Upsell it. Saul Greatman saying advertisers are too scared to have their product associated with the prostitute murder simulator. How dare you call that GTA? <laughs> I, I find that quite offensive. Falcon <laughs> says, who isn't connected these days? Oh, yeah, yeah. Falcon, most people are. I just wonder how you handle that. I have that. an ad blocker. Is it going to be blank? You know, I have a network you, ad blocker. Do you run AdGuard? That's what I, I was going to ask you. Yeah. I, I have a pie hole built into my okay. whole network. Yeah. So I have an AdGuard built into my network, and it's the same thing. And it blocks those yeah. ads. And that's what I was saying is, you know, and that should be a relatively easy thing to do. And I guess it's no different than if, you know, you go to a website and there's a problem loading the Google ad. It, they're just the ad just doesn't get displayed. So then they have to come up with those those cookie cutter ads. Um you know, I think that that is the future. Specifically, I think where you see it and where I'd want to see it first would be free-to-play games. Is, yep. you know, if you're going to do, if you're going to give me a game for free and you want to load it up with some product placement, doesn't really bother me. However, yeah. if you're going to charge me $70 for a title, Brian, yeah. you know, I start no kind ads. of getting, well, well, because it's, yes, it's going to turn yeah, into, but, it's going to turn into the streaming services that supposedly where you're paying. So you didn't have to have ads or cable TV, which started as a service where you didn't really have ads for most channels. And they had just as many ads in the end as every, all the, well, over and, the air. And cable TV, you stole my, my analogy. Cause that's exactly what cable TV is now, which is, you know, you pay mm -hmm. an exorbitant amount of money to have access to the channels and then watch commercials over and over and over and that, a quarter of the time yeah which is not that, that's not cable tv's fault that's they buy the channels from providers the providers are the ones that load that's up with the, the network provider's not, fault yeah well it's not the network providers it's how they generate their revenue so i i, I get it yeah. and, but i just when you've got me paying full price for something i that's when i if you want to offer me a deal for example you know who does this really well amazon they do it with their Amazon yeah. Fire tablets. They offer one that is dirt cheap, like $29. And it's got yeah. a, it, the, the lock screen is always dynamic ads. And they sell those ads yeah. to books and publishers and movies and all that stuff so that when you turn on your Amazon Fire tablet, it's got an ad. Now, if you don't want to deal but with you that, have the you option can spend, when you buy that. Yeah. Per, correct. Exactly. You can spend you're going 30 right or 40 gone. more bucks. And not get it. So maybe, Brian, if you want to offer me GTA at $30 with those yeah. ads or $70 without them. And later, if the I choice. want to unlock the ad-free version because I'm tired of it, then give me the option to get out of the added version and yeah. make it an ad-free version. But then you're kind of like the mobile transaction, the free-to-play games, where you can you know, pay to turn off all the ads. That seems totally legitimate to me. I don't mind having a free game that for $5, I can turn off all the ads for life in a game now, if i find I will, it fun enough well uh, so let me say this for and i'll go back to gta if gta is 70 dollars and has billboards with ads on it in game i don't care that i don't that, that literally make it does seamless not, enough and that's it that's going to be the key with it is making and, and honestly if it's seamless enough and i don't even know because that's how most uh, that good Just advertising like TV, right yeah, yeah. 
good advertising is subliminal, so it shouldn't. I shouldn't recognize it anyway, uh, or at least largely subliminal. And if that's if that's the case, then I don't have a problem with it. But I, what I don't want, and and for this, you know, this already happens. For example, if you play Forza and you load up the the cars that you can drive, Ford is paying to have their logo in on whatever ev mustang that's in the game that is a licensing deal that they have struck with ford and gm and these other cars as well so it's it's already being done just like fifa was was money you know from there was a lot of money going back and forth with fifa for licensing and everything else too so I, i think but these games that don't have a sports authority that's overseeing them or you know these cars that have all these uh copyrights and names and everything already uh, this is going to give them a, an opportunity to make some money on something that isn't licensing for a product. Yeah, I'm just trying to look. I'm trying to find a looking at Madden to see if there's anything that's jumping out as an ad. I'm not finding anything right now. I'm sure there is. Um, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So um, one other thing, there's an update from the Activision Blizzard kind of takeover or, you know, that, that's supposed to be happening here that FTC is fighting. Uh, sure. Microsoft is being sued by gamers over the $69 billion deal now. Of course, this is out of California. Uh, wow. But now gamers are trying to prevent uh, the deal from happening, which they're worried that, you know, that with the price increases, subscription services, that, you know, they're, they're going to gain an edge that's going to be unfair, um, you know, by by purchasing this and so i just that they're worried that they're going to foreclose rivals limit output reduce consumer choice raise prices and further inhibit competition is there is there a complaint (sighs) well i mean i guess brian if this is your will as a gamer i guess you've got the you've got the right to have an opinion i think it's stupid um, but I guess uh, I guess this is how it works. I mean, were they worried they're going to throw their favorite games in the Game Pass so that they end up paying less over time for them? I mean, what's the, I don't know what they're worried about. Yeah, these are more I, probably people working in the gaming industry that are like, well, how are we supposed to uh, sell our game for seventy dollars if everything, all our competitions in the Game Pass? That's probably yeah. more where this is coming from. Yeah, I um, maybe it's because I've got my Microsoft rose-colored glasses on, which I'm which I'm fully aware that I have. I just don't seem to understand any. Uh, it, I'm sure there are so, there are some arguments against the Activision Blizzard merger that I can probably subscribe to, uh, but yeah. I have yet to see them be made by either the FTC or this suit at all. The points that they're making are just retarded. They don't make any sense. The, well, the, Microsoft the already is, controls Microsoft's- one of the industry's most popular and largest video game ecosystem, the suit says. The proposed acquisition would give Microsoft an unrivaled position in the gaming industry, leaving it with the greatest number of must-have games and iconic franchises. I don't know how that's... I would make the argument that How's Nintendo... That ha- well, I wouldn't even... Ag- I don't even subscribe to that notion. I, my, my, Activision and Nintendo doesn't, own, doesn't let anybody else second. play in their garden. Activision <laughs> doesn't own the most amount of iconic franchises and IPs in the video game industry. That is absolute bullshit. No way. So, Between Sega, Sony, and Nintendo Sony have more. and Nintendo, yeah. absolutely not. That and that's my point, Brian. Is the suit doesn't even make sense. Yeah, must, well, hopefully it gets thrown. Must out have games. What is a even... must have game? Could what? What is that? What is, can you define that to me? 
Well, not everybody they, wants they claim to play Call, Call of Duty. Duty is a must, but but that's the thing. That's what but they come not. back to. They're like, everybody needs the Call of Duty. No, well, first of all, you don't need any video game. <laughs> uh, you could walk away from all video games and still live. I don't know if they realize this, but they have also promised way more than what any of these other companies have done. They're taking their flagship product and saying, we'll keep it on your service for 10 years. Uh, PlayStation, guaranteed Sony for has 10 not years. done guaranteed for 10 years. They'll probably just keep doing it. But the problem sure. is Sony hasn't done this at all. Has Sony offered, can I go play, uh, 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 was it, uh, some uh, something of war? Um, God of War, the new one that God, the new God of War. Can I go play that on my Xbox right now? No, uh, no, I can't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so any of these Nintendo games? Can I play Nintendo games on anything but a Nintendo? Not legally, no. No, not without an emulator, right? <laughs> um, so if you want to talk about people that withhold their products from competition uh, devices. Uh, the the competition of Microsoft are the ones who have been doing that, and we talked to, we've we talked about this before. It happens on a, a, an ongoing basis. And you look at the lists of here's what's being released. We we looked at it when they with the Game Awards, right? Mm -hmm. Was this last week we talked about this? Yeah, a couple weeks ago. All of some, all of Microsoft products were multi console or device, PC, PlayStation, you know everything. Uh, the only ones that were exclusive were all of the competition's device, uh, products. Sony, yes. almost all of them were exclusive. Uh, and, and, and all these other ones were Nintendo's exclusive. And they're, they're going to turn around and claim this. The one company that's actually been open and was willing to just sell their product on any platform, they're worried that they're going to control it. That maybe they're going to force the other companies to actually uh, sell their product and quit trying to hold people into their device. Yeah, I just... Again, I, I just find the arguments to be very, uh, I just find the arguments to be very weak and lame, and just yeah. not. Again, if you want to bring up the real legitimate co concerns and complaints about it, sure, but these aren't it, folks. I mean, yeah. And again, I'm not the big. I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a Microsoft shill. I just, I just can't. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna subscribe to the, to the moral outrage when the entire video game industry since the first. Atari's systems and Pong made their way forward back in the 70s yeah. has been exclusivities. That's how the entire industry has been built. The reason the PlayStation 2 was so popular is because there was like 900 freaking games for it. And you just well, had Why don't they go after to... I just don't get it. Uh, Apple Apple's phone, I mean, isn't that unfair? Well, it They're is. They're not selling I, well, the iOS for other hardware devices. Well, I mean, that's oh. just totally unfair. I, I, I just I, I, mean, I, I can't. I mean, if you look at their their logic, they're saying you have to release your product on other hardware devices. Well, Apple which has Microsoft never does. Done that. Microsoft does, but Apple doesn't. You know, these well, types neither of companies Sony don't. or Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and my, my the one company that does it, they're going after and yeah. claiming they're going to do what the other companies do is they're worried. They're competition. They're worried that they're acting like they're competition. Why don't you say, hey, good job, guys? Because they're the ones who are making things more open. They, they, they've moved to Linux, which you would never think that they would do as far as embracing Linux. Um, they've, they've moved away from their own web browser that you guys freaked out about, and now they use the competition's web browser. I mean, talk about a company that's willing to kind of go with the flow nowadays when they didn't. This is the company that goes with the flow. Like, just like, hey, we just want to sell you our product. We don't care how you do it. Look at Outlook. They don't care. Now it's Office 365. Go do it in a web browser. You don't have to buy. We'll, we'll give you a word for free in Excel for free on your Android device. 
uh, you know, you can open up any Word and Excel documents, edit them there. Uh, you know, where do they lock you down anymore? Microsoft, back in the day, I mean, I was, a, I have been a Linux guy for a long time. I can sit there and back in the day bash on Microsoft all day long. But you know what? They since they started embracing Linux, there's been a change in thinking, and now they're the totally opposite uh, of that type of thinking. And they've done their actions show it. You know, for me, actions speak louder than words. Their actions show that they don't really care. You don't. They're not just trying to sell you Microsoft Office or or Windows anymore. They're giving away Windows now for free. Like what? What? What are you worried about now? You know, everything that people got mad at them about, they pretty much have just said, all right, here, we'll give that for free. Just buy our, you know, buy our subscription. Thank you. I'm sure that's, this that's is a, to. I'm sure this is a phrase that Stanford University would have banned, but I'll use it, Brian. This is the situation of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter what they've attempted to do to to be on more platforms and allow this stuff. They're still villainized for it. So you almost, you're why even bother? I, that's the, yeah. That's it. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. That's all you can say. Well, and wh- one other thing I want to mention before we uh, end the show is sure the COO, President COO of Activision Blizzard, is leaving in March and going to Board Apes Yacht Club Crypto. You know, th- it's a crypto outfit. Oh uh, yeah, so very familiar. There, with, yes. So, uh, so that's that's something that's coming up. Didn't really see that coming. I, you know, I, I think everybody thought Cotton it was it Cotton. Bobby Kotnick, uh, I mean, he's of of Activision, right? Not of Blizzard. This is the COO of them all. So. Yeah, great. Well, she can go over there and um, be part of scamming people and for NFTs. I guess I don't know. Yeah, great. So that'll that'll be fun. Yeah. All right. Is there all anything right. else we wanted to hit before we uh, we headed out the door? No, I don't think so. All right. Well, if you want to find me, you can get me at Brian Aldridge on Gab, Parler, Getter, Truth, Truth Social, or at Boise Computer on Twitter. If you want to check out my blog, you can go to biteoftech.com or go to our website, infectionpodcast.com, and check out on the right-hand side, join our server on Discord. Uh, that's a great place if you want to get a hold of one of us. Uh, you can message us directly on there. Or if you want to toss a link in the news channel for something you think we should be covering in a future show, uh, we'll review those links before we do the live show. Uh, if you want to play one on one of our 11 ARC servers, you're more than welcome to that. 11 different maps that we're running uh, or on our Conan Exile server. If you want to watch the live show, you can do that through Twitch or YouTube uh, or listen after the fact in uh, one of the lower right-hand side services, platforms, a lot of different ways to listen to the podcast. And if you are listening, that means the show's already been recorded and uploaded and the show notes have been posted. You can watch the video. You can listen to it there or Follow along with some of the different links and videos. Uh, we didn't play a lot of videos today, but there are a number of videos that you can play on there for for most of the episodes, and that really helps if you're listening to keep it low bandwidth. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can do that through the support option up top or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Yes, sir, absolutely. We've got a, uh, a great Christmas uh, program coming up for you uh, next week. We'll be discussing yeah. the uh, current state of the economy and where that positions the video game industry as a, a largely a leisure activity. And we'll look at yeah. some uh, stats back from 2008 uh, in the video game industry then. Plus, uh, I think one of the coolest segments we uh, will probably ever do is uh, we talked a lot about AI 
uh, and specifically yeah. how that is uh, coming forward and shaping the video game industry as well. So hopefully you'll join us for that coming up next Tuesday here on Infection. Brian, uh, to you uh, and to uh, everybody listening, uh, Merry Christmas, and uh, we yes. will uh, chat with you one more time before the new year. Yep, talk to you after the holidays. All righty. Thanks, Brian, and uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Infection Podcast. Again, my name is Nick Craig. You can uh, check me out at nickcraig.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Nicholas M. Craig. That's going to do it. If you missed any portion of the program, don't forget to head on over to our website. It's infectionpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. Merry Christmas. We'll see you next time.